Now's the time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's gonna be a new world order out there. And we've got to lead it. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. Hey, what's up, guys? This is End Time Headlines. It is Tuesday, the 26th of July, and it is 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We welcome you to the broadcast today. Again, if this is your first time joining us, we welcome you to the broadcast here on Facebook Live. And we want to encourage you to, if you, again, if this is your first time joining us, uh, please let us know in the comment section below. If you are new to the broadcast, let us know that, that this is your first time joining us and where you guys are joining us from. We always love to hear that as well. So today we're going to continue our series of uh, messages of this entire week. And we may even do two weeks of this. We're going to be talking about the coming of the Lord, uh, the, the catching away, the gathering together, the great escape, the rapture, the church. We're going to cover all these things. Um, and we, uh, we are seeing the fruit of this. Uh, many people are being blessed. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback, but we've also gotten a lot of hate mail and a lot of blasting emails and messages and, and all kinds of nonsense. So it comes with the territory. This is nothing new. Uh, we've always, anytime you start talking about these subjects, there's so many differences of opinions and theological differences. And I want to say this, let me preface this by saying this right off the top. Before we even get started on this, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about some topics today Listen to me real clear, <clears throat> that are not detrimental to our salvation. <clears throat> Let me <clears throat> excuse me. Let me say that again. What we're covering in this series is not detrimental to our salvation. This is not a salvation issue, whether you don't believe in the rapture, whether you do believe in the rapture, whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, or no trib, it does not matter. This is something, guys, that as mature believers, we should be able to have healthy conversations about. But unfortunately, people get in the flesh, people that are not spirit-filled, and they begin to bite, devour, criticize, condemn, and smear people <clears throat> Excuse me, of a different opinion. And that's what we don't tolerate. So we just want to let you know that. So today, I want to be dealing with the unraveling the mystery of being caught up, unraveling the mystery of being caught up. When it comes to being caught up, now, what am I talking about being caught up? This term is widely known in theological circles, and it's derived from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18, where the Apostle Paul uses the phrase caught up in regards to 
the rapture or the gathering together. He uses this term caught up. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, we're going to unravel. We're going to unravel this mystery today. So this is where this stems from the word caught up. But I want to show you today, first of all, that this notion, when you, when people, and you're going to get it, if you believe in this event that the apostle Paul wrote about to the churches in the New Testament and described it in detail in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15, when he began to go into detail about this, or not 1 Corinthians 15, in 1 Corinthians, um, excuse me, it's in 1 Corinthians when he talks about the, uh, we shall all be changed in a moment, it's willing given an eye. When he began to talk about this event, if you even remotely entertain the notion that God is going to catch away or snatch away suddenly, and we're going to talk about that in more detail, a body of believers, you get met with fierce criticism and say, this is this can nowhere be found in the Bible. Well, I want to disprove that, first of all, because we see this happen at least three times in the Bible. Ready? Number one, Enoch, according to your Bible, Enoch was walking with God and was righteous before him, was serving God. He was the seventh from Adam. He was a prophet and was, the Bible says he walked for God. He walked with God for 365 years and the Lord translated him or, and he was taken to heaven. Listen to me. He never saw physical death. He was taken from earth to heaven by a supernatural event in which he was translated. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 11.5, it uses the word translated. He was caught up. He was snatched away. He was taken unto heaven. And there he received a series of revelation. He received uh, mysteries of God. And you can find these in the books of first and second Enoch. The word in Genesis chapter five, verse 24 says, Enoch was not for God took him. The word took the phrase took him in Hebrew is a Hebrew word meaning, listen to me, to take away. To take away, to take away from the earth, to receive unto heaven. The root of this word in Hebrew means to, oh, this is so good right here, to marry or to wed. It's in the same connotation. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen, I'm, I'm going to get excited about this message today. I don't really care. Listen, you can get mad and poo-poo it all you want, but I get built, I get edified and I get comforted when I read the word of God. This Hebrew word in Genesis 5 24 
took him, this phrase took him means to take away. And it comes from the root word meaning to marry or to wed. And it's in the same connotation as John chapter 14, when Jesus said this, ready? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. We We covered this yesterday. Where is the father's house that has many mansions? In heaven. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive. Somebody say receive. The word receive here is paralabrano in Greek, and it means to it means taken. I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And it's in the connotation of to marry or to wed. Oh, come on. Are you listening to me today? I'm trying to tell you that Enoch being translated unto heaven is a picture of the glorious groom Christ taking his spotless bride, the remnant, those, come on, who have oil in their lamps, those whose wicks are trimmed, those who have been watching, and those who have been wedding or waiting, and those who are ready for his return. They will be received unto him. They will be taken to him. Then, listen to me, then we get over here and we get into the book of 2 Kings chapter 2 and we have a man named Elijah. And it says, and it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder and Elijah went up. He went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. I want to tell you today, Elijah, the prophet, never saw physical death. He wasn't killed. He wasn't slain. He didn't die of old age. The Bible says he was taken up in a chariot of fire alive unto heaven. And this is why I believe, and this is on a this is on another note, but this is a whole other other study in itself. This is why there's a good chance that these Enoch and Elijah will probably be the two witnesses that are mentioned in Revelation chapter 11, and we'll talk about them in just a second. But because they never saw physical death, and that's why they're able to return in the tribulation, Revelation chapter 11. And they will later on be slain by the Antichrist. So here we have Elijah. Who is taken unto heaven. And by the way, let me just throw this out there. Enoch, if you study your Bible, was of of a Gentile heritage. Elisha was of a Jewish heritage. Isn't it interesting? You have Enoch. And Elijah, Gentile and Jew, and when the church is caught up and taken unto heaven, it will consist of both Gentiles and Jews. Oh, come on, man. This is so good. 
Then you get to the two witnesses. Let me go there. Revelation chapter 11. Let's go over here. Revelation 11. And by the way, these two witnesses are not two nations. They're not the Gentile church and they're not the Jewish church. You got all this goofy teaching out there. No, they're two men. They're the two olive trees that was prophesied in the Old Testament. And it says that God will give them power for fire to proceed out of their mouth and devour their enemies. They will have power to shut up the heavens so that rain will not fall upon the earth in the days of their prophecy. They will open their mouth and prophesy. They will have the ability to turn waters into blood and strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. They will be preaching the gospel. Why? Because the church is gone. The church has been taken away. The church is absent. The church is no longer present. The church is not in the tribulation. The church is in heaven. Therefore, God raises up the two witnesses. If the, don't you think if the church was here and the church has the same power that Christ had and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and quickens our mortal body and the same spirit that raised him from the dead is in us and greater works shall we do because he goes into the father and he's called us to raise the dead heal the sick cast out devils and do all these mighty works in his name don't you believe that if the church if the ecclesia was here in the tribulation here in revelation 11 if we were still present why would god need the two witnesses the logical answer is that we're not there we are gone after revelation chapter 4 And we're going to cover all this, guys. This is why this is probably going to go on for two weeks. Because I can't cover all this in three days. But look at this. Watch this. So these two witnesses are in Jerusalem while this temple is being built. This temple is being constructed. And no, it's not a allegory. It's It's not a type and shadow. This is a physical temple that will be built on the earth in Jerusalem. The outer court is measured. The inner court is measured. measured. The, the diameters of that are measured. It says that the, it will be tread on underfoot for 42 months by the Gentiles. It's all there, guys. It's a physical temple. And these two witnesses are preaching the gospel And they are killed, according to your Bible, by the Antichrist who slays them. And their bodies, hello, their bodies will lay in the streets for three and a half days. But listen what it says in Revelation 11. And then, verse 9, then those from the people's tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead body three and a half days and they and 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 not all and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. Here's here's an interesting thing here to, to chew on. It's interesting that when John the Revelator wrote this in 95 AD, there was not 
the capability that existed for, listen to me, for the nations, peoples, tribes, and tongues to be able to see an event in Jerusalem. But John said he saw into the future the capability for every nation, tribe, and tongue to look into the streets of the cities of Jerusalem where our Lord was slain and see these men's bodies lying there. How's this possible? The answer is John saw all the way into the future where the technology existed that we have today through TikTok and through, through Facebook Live and through YouTube and through, and through Instagram and through satellite television and through all these technological advances to bring about the capability for the world to see and witness this event in their lifetime. But watch what it says. When they are slain in the streets, the world will rejoice over them. That's going to be the condition of the world when we get to that event. It's going to be so abominable, so wicked, and so full of sin and unrighteousness that when the men of God are killed by the Antichrist, the world will rejoice. It says that they will be merry and they will send gifts to one another in celebration of it. But in verse 11, Revelation 11, 11. Now after three and a half days, the breath of life from God enters them and they stood on their feet and great fear fell on those who saw them. Who's going to see it? Come on, talk to me, somebody. Every nation, every tribe, and every tongue is going to see these men that were dead be brought to life by God himself. Listen to this. And they, every nation, tribe, and tongue that's watching will hear a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud and their enemies saw them. Oh, come on. I, listen, I just feel like preaching just for a moment. I, listen, I believe there's going to be some rapture fighters. There's going to be some rapture doubters. There's going to be some rapture haters that are going to be left behind in the tribulation. And they, and they, the whole time they were going around saying, I don't believe in that rapture. It's not biblical. It's not found in the Bible. It's heresy. It's false doctrine it's all this stuff and they've missed the rapture now they're in the tribulation and then they get to this event and god raptures the two witnesses but this time it's not as a thief in the night like he did it with the church but this time he does it to the two witness two witnesses in front of everybody in front of every every child every woman every man every nation every tribe every tongue is going to look and they're going to see this a glorious event live and in color when it takes place and they're going to hear the same voice that they should have heard way back when but they rejected it and because and you said well i don't know if i believe that i can show you in the book of john where the disciples were there and Jesus 
began to speak from heaven and there was three groups of people. There was one group of people that heard something and they said, what was that noise? It sounded like thunder. And then there was another group of individuals that said, no, that was supernatural. That could have been the angels of God. And then there was the, the group. There was the remnant. There was those who knew the voice of the shepherd and the voice of the stranger. They knew not, and they followed not, and they heard it loud and clear. And they heard a voice speaking from heaven. I'm trying to tell you today, there is groups of people in the earth today that call themselves believers there's groups of people that call themselves christians and they go around listen i'm telling you they they fight they sow discord they sow division they're not in prayer they're not in his presence they're not in the word they're all they're concerned about is forming their opinions they're pushing some book there's pushing some uh, some denominational tradition and i'm telling you and god's speaking but they are ignoring it but i'm telling you this is what's awesome is when you get to Revelation 11, 11, God is going to demonstrate the rapture and it's going to happen live in color. And every person in the earth is going to not only hear it, but they're going to see it. And I'm telling you, people will become, I believe there'll be people repenting right there because there's going to be people being saved in the tribulation. But then there will be others that will harden their heart. And these will be those that will be shaking their fist at God and cursing God when the wrath of God is falling upon the earth. And by the way, we're going to cover that too. Because you got all these people out there saying the, the, the tribulation is not the wrath of God. We are going to completely destroy that nonsense. And, and later on, and I'm going to show you that the tribulation is the wrath of the Lamb and the wrath of God. And it's scriptural. But I got to move on. So we have, we have Enoch that was taken and didn't see physical death. We see, we see Elijah that was taken, didn't see physical death. Then we get to Revelation 11. And we see the two witnesses that were dead, but were taken up into heaven. And this is what I love about this. So I like this because it's a picture of First Thessalonians 4, because in First Thessalonians 4, when he talks about the mystery of the catching away, there is both the living and the dead that will be involved. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, it's all there if you have your eyes open to what I'm telling you today. Now, we got to move on. We're going to go. We're going to show you some more stuff here. All right. So we, we, we got you warmed up. We got you out of the bull. We've got you out of the dugout. Now we're going to get you into the batter's box. We're going to get, we're going to plow into some of this and even, even more. Now let's talk about, there is other phrases that the apostle Paul used to describe the same event. Ready? Ephesians chapter one, nine and 10. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, and by the way, that is the fullness of times that he talked about in Romans 11, which is the end of the dispensation of grace. 
the end of the church age. When that dispensation has become to its fullness, it says he might gather together. Somebody say gather together. In one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. Watch this. Why heaven and why earth? Because the Bible says, oh, come on, I'm I'm going to make this real simple because if I hang out here too long, it's going to take too much time and everything else. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. In the old covenant, before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, when the righteous died, Under the law of Moses, they went under the earth into a chamber, into a place called Abraham's bosom. Luke 16 said there was a great gulf fix that separated two compartments. One compartment was called Hades, and it was a lower chamber where those who died unrighteous, those who died that were wicked, they went into that chamber and were in a place of torment. Luke 16 talks about that. But in the upper compartment, there was a place called, the the Jews called it Abraham's bosom. That's just a term or definition for that. Okay. This again, is just verbiage to something to describe something that was in Luke 16. In that compartment, were the righteous under the law of Moses that died. But, and it says there was a great gulf fixed that separated the two so that those in Hades could not cross over and those in Abraham's bosom could not cross over to there. Again, you can find all this reference in Luke 16. But when Jesus gave up the spirit, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that he went into the lower parts of the earth and led captivity captive. He led men out. He preached to the spirits in prison. He revealed himself as Yeshua and as Messiah and confirmed his existence that was foretold by the prophets of old that were in Abraham's bosom. And the Bible says he emptied out that compartment. And that's why your Bible says that when he was crucified, that the next thing you read about in the book of Matthew chapter in the book of Matthew is that, that the, uh, there was a great earthquake and many of the graves of the saints of old were open. And many of them were seen walking about the streets. Who were they? They were the souls that came out of Abraham's bosom. So in the book of Isaiah, it says that God has enlarged hell. How did it become enlarged? Because when the righteous die now under the new covenant, we are not sleeping in a in the sea or in the dirt or in a graveyard. We're not sleeping. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. In the, in the book of Revelation, I believe it's in chapter 20, John says he sees under the throne room of the floor of God that there is souls that are, are there. They have been slain. They have given their lives during the tribulation. So, But watch this. They're in heaven. 
our loved ones, listen to me, all those in Christ, your grandmother, your mother, your father, your daddy, your uncle, your friend, all those who were born again and have died are not in the dirt somewhere. They're not under the earth. They're in a place that Paul described. And watch this. Let me pull it up here. Ready? Second, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Come on, are you, I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the Apostle Paul speaking here. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. He's speaking of himself. God knows such a one, listen to this, was caught up to the third heaven. There's the word caught up again to the third heaven. Isaiah mentions three heavens. There's the first heaven is when you go outside and you see the puffy clouds, you see the blue skies, that's the first heaven. Then you go beyond that, you go to the second heaven. That's where the cosmos is. That's where the stars are. That's where the galaxies are. That's where all that is. But then beyond that, beyond the regions of the north is where God's holy throne dwells. And this, by definition, and by Paul's revelation of the Lord, is called the third heaven. So Paul, uh, it is it is speculated that when Paul was stoned and left for dead in Lystra, that he actually died and his soul and spirit was caught up into the third heaven or watch this. I'm going to show you what Paul calls it in just a minute. And this is where he sees what he saw. Now watch this. And again, when did this happen? After the death, burial, and resurrection. After Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. This is under the new covenant, not the old covenant, not under the law of Moses. Y'all following with me? That's huge. That's, that's, that's very important. You got to get this before we go on. Listen to what he says. This man was caught up into, he watches, he says, caught up into the third heaven. So he gives you the demographics of where it's at. But then what looks in what he says, he was caught up into paradise. So he gives you the demographics of where it's located, but then he tells you what it is. So where is paradise, guys? Not under the earth. It's in heaven. So listen. Your loved one, if they died in Christ, are in heaven right now waiting for their glorious body that will be given to them at the sound of the trumpet. And you say, what? Yes, the sound of the trumpet. Let me, let me go there. All right, watch this. Uh, let's go on. Let me read this. Come on. I'm taking my time today and I'm teaching today. This is not, I'm trying not to preach, but teach. This is the apostle Paul. Listen to this, but this is in first Corinthians. Come on. Where am I at? First Corinthians 15, but someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? 
Listen to what Paul said. Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be but mere grain. He goes on, he says, perhaps wheat or some other grain, but God gives it a body as he pleases and to each seed its own body. Listen to this. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another of animals, another of fish and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies. We just covered that. That's in the second heavens. And there's terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Listen, there is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. It's interesting that the flat, many flat earthers don't believe in stars or celestial, uh, celestial planets and this and that. But yet Paul notices uh, paul addresses them hmm anyway we're going on so verse 42 so also listen to this <clears throat> so also is the resurrection of the dead listen to this the body is sown in corruption it is raised in incorruption <clears throat> is sown in dishonor raised in glory it is sown in weakness is raised in power it is sown a natural body come on this is your natural body but it and it's raised a spiritual body. I said it's raised a spiritual body. When when the when the rapture happens, First Thessalonians four, and we are caught up, flesh and blood is not going to heaven. Your spirit man will be caught up, and the, but I'll, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let me read on him again. Watch, there is a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. Come on, somebody. When you die, your flesh dies and your spirit goes. Your spirit man leaves your natural body. Your natural body in the flesh Your flesh body will go into the ground and it will deteriorate. But your spirit man is does not die. It is eternal. Watch this. The first man was of the earth made of dust. And the second man is the Lord of heaven. It's a revelation here. Now I'm going to skip down. Now this, this, this is verse 50. Now this I say, brethren. That flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Here he, now here you go. Ready? Behold, I tell you a mystery. Again, this is one of the mysteries that Paul received. We shall not all die. It says sleep. Look it up. It's a Greek idiom used for the word die, death, dying. We shall not all die, but we shall be changed. In a when? When will we be changed? In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. We're going to cover the last trumpet. Don't worry. We will cover that. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. Do you hear that? The trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption. 
Look at this. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption is put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought the past saying that th- what is written, death is swallowed up. Oh, death, where's your sting? So watch this. <clears throat> Did you know that scientists have now concluded that it only takes a a small fraction of an individual's DNA. We're talking about the, I'm talking about the size of a mustard seed. A very minute fraction of an individual's DNA. It's all they need to be able to identify an individual. Because your DNA is your makeover. It makes you unique. It makes you who you are. So watch this. When 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Corinthians 15 occurs, they're not two separate events. They're one and the same event. When it happens, watch this. When God stands over to the banister of heaven, don't ask me how he's going to do this, because this is way above my head, but somehow, I don't know if it's when our physical bodies die and our physical bodies begin to deteriorate and it goes back into the dust of the earth, there is still, in that dust is our DNA. And God knows that because God created us. Come on, somebody. Paul said, or uh, David said by revelation in the book of Psalms, he said, you knew me. Even while I was yet created, when I was being formed and fashioned in my in the womb of my mother, you knit and sewed me together. In that would be your DNA. So when this event happens, it's there, it's almost as if God is taking your DNA, and there's a in a moment, there's a change, there's a transformation where you put off immortality. I mean, you put off mortality and you put on immortality and we are given glorious bodies. But watch this, the, the, but the dead shall rise first. This is going to happen to the dead. And then we are alive and remain shall be caught up. We shall be caught up into heaven. All right. Does everybody get this? So now we're going to read on here. So good grief. That was a long rabbit trail. So that was in Ephesians one, nine, and 10. Oh, that's why I wanted to read that. Listen, Ephesians one, nine, and 10. He says that the fullness of times, remember the end of the dispensation of grace or the church age, he might gather together and want all things in Christ, both which are in heaven. Who are the ones in heaven are those in paradise, present tense right now in heaven and which are are in earth in him. Those are the alive and remain that will be caught up with them in the clouds. All right. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one. Now we beseech you brethren by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Somebody say gathering together. All right. Now, So here's what we've concluded here. There's three phrases that I want you to get in your spirit. Ready? Caught up together, gather together in one, and are gathering together unto him. Paul interchanges these phrases over and over again when he's describing this event. 
Now, here's where all the controversy gets. You guys knew I was going to cover this, right? The English word that is used to describe the word caught up in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Revelation 11, same word, talk about the two witnesses that will be caught up, and even the phrase gathering together, same English word, is, is where we get the word rapture. Now, here is the argument I get all the time, over and over and over and over again. The word rapture is not found in the Bible. Well, it's interesting because these same individuals ignore the fact that the word Bible is not found in the scriptures, but they use it all the time. The word, did you know the word demon is not there? That word is derived from demonized in Greek, the demoniac. But we've given it an English term called demon. Oh, the phrase millennial reign is not found in your Bible, but it gives definition or it gives terminology to a period of 1,000 years that Christ will rule and reign on earth. But again, preachers all over the place use the word millennial reign, and it's not in the Bible. But hmm, we don't get any fight over that one. Oh, and what about the phrase second coming or second advent? Did you know that those are, those are theological terms that are used? But nobody argues about that. The word trinity. Describing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Used all the time. But no one blinks an eye and fusses at anybody. But yet those words are used. Again, they're not bad in themselves. They are terms and verbiage used to describe certain events or certain things. The Greek phrase caught up together is the greek word called harpezo h-a-r-p-a-z-o come on somebody you got to roll that word harpezo harpezo saint jerome who translated the bot here's we're going to destroy ignorance I tell you that we're going to cover all this. The people that say right, the the um, the rapture revelation was nowhere in the Bible, and it was, and, and they tell you all these this nonsense that's been passed down and passed down and passed down. We're gonna we're gonna dispute all that. So just hang in there if, if you don't get offended, because I'm tipping golden caps. St. Jerome translated the Bible from Greek to Latin in the 4th century, and the Latin word that he used for the word or the phrase caught up is repere, and the word repere, again, same connotation as harpezo, and it literally means to transport from one place to another place. Come on, Selah. Think, let's take a deep breath. I know it stings a little bit, but just meditate on that for a second. 
Let me say it again. The word caught up literally means to transport from one place to another place. Enoch was transported from earth to heaven. Elijah was transported from earth to heaven. The two witnesses, Revelation 11, 11, will be translated from earth to heaven. So why can't you wrap it around your head that Paul described an event in his letters that the early church apostles agreed with him and used the same verbiage to describe an event that will happen to the church where the church will be transported from one place to another place. Again, 2 Corinthians 12. I just read it to you. The apostle Paul himself says that he was caught up into the third heaven. He was transported from earth to heaven. But you know, listen, you you ready to take the crazy train with me? You got people that I've had to ban on our Facebook page and YouTube that try to tell me we don't we don't listen to anything the apostle Paul says because the apostle Paul contradicted the Torah and he contradicted the prophets and he contradicted the word of God. And therefore we have discluded anything that the apostle Paul says in the new Testament. What? Okay. Number one, what happened to all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Did you forget that? Second of all, if you discredit everything that the Apostle Paul wrote, you literally have removed most of the New Testament writings. Now let that soak in for a moment. This is how crazy people are, people. I mean, I'm telling you, this kind of nonsense is is circulating in the body of Christ and taking people captive that they believe that nonsense. So when people like me are preaching what the apostles taught and the apostle Paul taught, they get mad and they send us the ugly letters, the ugly emails, and they call us heretics and they call us false prophets and we're leading people to hell. And let me just, oh, come on. I just, I want to ride this horse for just a moment. This is one of the, one of the core things of every message I get the bashing me for teaching this is you are deceived and you are leading the people in to deception and you are causing the people to become lukewarm and lackadaisical by telling them that there's going to be a catching away or a gathering together of the saints and people will become comfortable wrong because if you listen to me any long period of time you will know that every single week we are preaching and teaching and we are warning the body of Christ to be watchful and to be prayerful and to be ready for we know not the day nor the hour we teach holiness we teach righteousness we teach sanctification we teach come on self self denial we teach taking up your cross and denying yourself and following after him and he that has this hope purifies himself even as come on as christ so fully on that nonsense we teach the opposite of that i don't know who they're 
I don't know who has hurt them or wounded them or, or told that nonsense, but that has not been the case for us. By the way, did you know that, watch this. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 8. This is after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Acts 8. Here we see Philip. Remember this story in the book of Acts chapter 8? He sees an Ethiopian eunuch riding a chariot and Philip goes and he jumps onto the chariot and the, and the, the Ethiopian eunuch is reading a portion of Isaiah and Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I, sir, let's one and show me the scriptures and reveal to me. And Philip began to preach to him Jesus from, oh, and by the way, this is going to blow some people's mind. Philip didn't give the Ethiopian eunuch, a copy of the King James Bible translation. Because you know what? The King James Bible translation wasn't even made then. Second of all, the New Testament was not compiled. So do you know that Paul preached Christ not from, come on, not from the four gospels, not from the Romans road, and not from the revelation of Paul. Philip preached Christ through the law, the Torah, and the prophets. And through that, he revealed to him Yeshua. Because listen, the Old Testament is the concealment of the New Testament, and the New Testament is the revealing of the Old Testament. All through the Old Testament, there is types and shadows and parallels of events of the New Testament. And in the New Testament, come on, somebody, the apostles are continually quoting portions and passages from the Old Testament prophets, the Torah and the law. Oh, that just went... You want me to dig deeper? I can plow a lot deeper now. When you go to the book of James and it says, looking into the perfect law of liberty, there was no New Testament compiled. Did you know? Here's another one. Uh, When it says, uh, study the show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. There was no New Testament compiled then. So what were they rightfully dividing? The law, the Torah, and the prophets. And of course, the portions of the Psalms and Proverbs, we get that. But I'm talking about the major components of the Old Testament. Are you, are you getting this yet? Come on, is it soaking in? So again, there's a lot of nonsense that we're just completely destroying through this. So here we are, we have Philip. And he is revealing Yeshua through the portions of Isaiah and Philip gets a rev, or I'm sorry, the Ethiopian eunuch gets a revelation of Yeshua. He gets a revelation of Jesus Christ. He, he urges Philip to get him baptized. They pull over and he baptizes him in the water. Come on. He didn't go through a 12, 12 course. Uh, he didn't go through a 12 week course on why he should be baptized. No, he baptized him right there into the Lord. But that's not even what I want to talk about. But look at this, verse 39. This is in the New Testament, by the way. I'm not making this up. Acts, I'm in the book of John. What in the world? Let me go to the book of Acts, chapter 8, 39. 
Ready? Acts 39. Let's read over here in verse 38. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the and the and the, eunuch, the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. And now when they came up out of the water, listen to this. This is in your Bible. The Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. By the way, look up the Greek word there. It's the same connotation to to transport from one place to another. Now, here we go. Wow. So, do you guys see this now? The word, don't get caught up in that word. People will try to get you hung up in the well, the word rapture's not in about. We've covered this, guys. We've beaten this to the ground. And this has been just completely, we've disputed this. We've refuted it. We've completely uh, torn this apart when it comes to trying to, when it comes to completely dispelling that theory that because it's not mentioned or the word rapture is not in the Bible, then that just completely means that none of this is true or accurate. It's just ridiculous. All right, now, now I want to get you to the, last part of this teaching in the heavy part this this one i think you're going to enjoy because some people's going to know this but a lot of people don't now i want to take you i'm going to show you this scripture we're going to pull this up here this is second thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 through 12 i'm almost done guys let's do this right here and then we'll close this this portion of teaching today second thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 through 12 Ready? Here we go. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church of Thessalonica to affirm to them that they had not missed the rapture because there had been letters and there had been rumors spread in the churches that this church at Thessalonica had missed this glorious event and that they were going to be left behind to go through the wrath of God. And because of that, Paul had to come in and affirm to them. And listen to what he says. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. Again, there's that word gathering together. And he, and it's alluded right with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. In other words, he's saying to them, look, you didn't miss this event. And then he explains to them why. Now, here's where I want to home in right here. This is where I want to go right here. Let no one deceive you by any means for that day. What day? The harpezo, the gathering together, the, 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 the taking away, that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Now, I'm going to stop right there because this is what I want to talk about. See that word falling away? Somebody say falling away. Most of you have always heard, and I've taught this, that the word falling away comes from the Greek word apostasia. Well, you will discover that this word falling away, apostasia, is a secondary translation, but it is not the original translation. In fact, if you go 
into what I discovered. And this, I think you're going to find this very interesting is listen to me really clear. Ready? All of the Bibles that were translated before your 1611 King James translation of the Bible use the word departing instead of falling away. Uh Uh-oh, it got quiet here. Let me say that again. You go research it. All of the Bibles, I'm talking about the Tyndale translation, 1534, the Cloverdale translation, 1535, the Geneva Bible, 1537, the Kramer translation, 1539, the Biza, the 1565, all these translations before the glorious, infallible, untouchable 1611 King James Version in this phrase that Paul wrote to the church of Thessalonica, he did not use the term falling away. He used, there was a, the interpretation here was the word departing. Whoa. Now, even Kenneth West, or Weist, however you pronounce that, in the in uh, an expanded translation of this verse, he says, "Listen to this quote: Do not allow anyone to lead you astray in any way, because that day shall not come except the aforementioned departure of the church to heaven. Whoa, comes first, and the man of lawlessness is de- is disclosed in his true identity, the man of perdition." All right, so now, this is heavy because I, again, I had to research this and found out that this was true. The later translations from 16 and 11 on used the term falling away, but the original translation used the word departing. Listen, when I read this scripture, I got to read this. Now, let me pull this back up. And I want to read this again from the original oldest manuscripts and translations of the Bible. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the departing comes first. Again, the same connotation to remove from one location to another comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he sits as God in the temple, allowing himself that he is God. Now, the post-tribbers or mid-tribbers will tell you that the church will be here and the church and that the Antichrist has to be revealed before the church is taken out of the way. But again, if you go back to these older translations of the Bible, that is not true. That is not what is being said here. It is telling us that the church, come on somebody, has to be translated or removed in order for the Antichrist to be revealed. Now, I want to read the rest of this. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Now, that's heavy right there, and that's going to go over most people, over most people's heads. Because they miss this stuff. They don't even read this stuff because they get so hung up on all these other key points. 
the apostle Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica and says, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? What things? Now, I'm going to tell you what things he's talking about. He's talking about, I told you in my letter to the church of Corinth, and I told you in previous letters that there's going to be a trumpet, there's going to be a shout, the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, and that we will be removed from the earth. So Paul is telling them, listen to me, don't you remember when I was with you? I told you these things. So Paul is telling them that I'm not going to contradict myself, and I'm not going to contradict the letters that I've already written to you to reveal to you one of the seven mysteries that the Lord gave me, which is the removal of the church from earth to heaven or the gathering together or the rapture of the church. So he is reiterating. He is reaffirming them, not dispelling this theory and not trying to He's there is no confusion here. He is telling them in his letter. He's he's telling them in in their letter that I have already went over this. I've already discussed this and I told you in my previous writings that there is a restraining force in the earth that is preventing the Antichrist from being revealed. Now, let me tell you some, let's talk about this some more. The man of sin will be revealed. That word revealed is apocalypto, to lay open what is veiled. The fault, listen, again, this is Kenneth West or West, how do you pronounce that? I'm going to read this. The falling away has been interpreted to mean a revolt and rebellion from the truth, which is, again, that's true. That's a secondary interpretation. He says, and he even says in his own commentary, this will come. However, in the Greek, there can be another meaning. Again, we've told you this. The falling away apostasia is is, is not... The translation of the word itself, but the root verb is apophistemi or epistemi. I can't even pronounce that. It's A-P-H-I-S-T-E-M-I. And it's found 15 times in the New Testament. 11 times it's translated as depart. And one time it refers to the faith. Eight times alluded to the departure of a person from one place to another. Other places where apostasia is found, Luke 8, 13, in temptation, they fell away, Acts 5, 37, they drew away much people, and Acts 5, 38, refrained from these men. So again, you see there, the, we've been taught for years that the primary definition of falling away, apostasia, is the departing of, from the faith to deception. Which again, that that definition is true, but it is not the primary definition. It's the secondary definition. The primary meaning is a person departing from a place or from another person. Now, 
here's, I'm trying to tell you, friend. Then we get into the last part that's controversial. What is the restrainer holding back the man of sin? This has been, this has been so, this has been debated and debated. And the, the King James uses the word withholdeth in, his, in the Greek meaning, and it means to restrain. So scholars have debated over who is the restrainer that is restraining the Antichrist here. And many have said, watch this, it's the governments, it's the Roman Empire, it's Michael the Archangel, and then there is what I propose to you is the church, the ecclesia. And you say, well, hold on. Now, brother, the Greek word for ecclesia is a feminine word. Yes, that's true. But the church is compared to a body, which when you read the letters of the New Testament is masculine. Ephesians 4.13, so we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man and to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. Colossians 1.18, and he, Christ, is the head of the body, the church. 1 Corinthians 12.13, for by one spirit are ye baptized into one body. Ephesians four and four there is one body and one spirit romans 12 four and five so we being many are one body in christ ephesians chapter one verses 22 and 23 and he puts and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that fills all in all So watch this. We, are you listening to me? The church on earth is referred to as the body of Christ. But when we're in heaven, we're referred to as the bride of Christ. Oh, that's good right there. Let me say that again. When we, in the New Testament writings, when it describes the church, we are detailed as the body of Christ on earth. The hands, the feet, the mouth. We are the body of Christ on earth. But when we are in heaven, we are referred to as the bride of Christ. We're the lamb's wife. New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. So, again, today we have covered where we get the word rapture. Why do we use... the we, we, we unraveled the terms catching away, gathering together, departure, rapture, harpezo, to, to, to remove from one place to another place. We see here that this theme, this teaching, this revelation went all from all of Paul's writings to the early churches, the church of Ephesus. The church of Thessalonica, the church at Corinth, the church, all these churches. He does not contradict himself, but he stays in the same thread of revelation and reveals and unravels the mystery of the catching away or the gathering together unto himself. Come on. 
Are you enjoying this today? Listen, End Time Headlines org intimeheadlines.com as always guys we want to give you an opportunity if this ministry has been a blessing it's informed it's informative it's educating it's equipping to you and your family we want to give you an opportunity to to follow us you could do that by going to our main website intimeheadlines.org intimeheadlines.com that's where you can subscribe to us. You can get our app and it's available on Apple. It's available on Android. You can download our free app, get it into your hands. You can keep up with all of our headlines. You can also keep up with our podcast that you can both watch or listen at your leisure. And it's absolutely free. And as always, guys, we want to give you the opportunity. If this ministry has been a continual source, uh, again, a blessing in your life, it equips you, it edifies you, encourages you. And you want to just get back and you want to, maybe you want to pray about becoming a monthly partner so you can help us continue to do what we're doing. We want to give you the opportunity. You can do two different ways. You can give electronically through the app or you can give by check or money order. And if you wish to give by check or money order, it's simple. You can either, you can do that there by making it out to End Time Headlines, P.O. Box 1391. Monroe, Georgia, 30655. And of course, if you wish to give electronically, you can give through the app at the bottom or at the main website. Again, intimeheadlines.org, intimeheadlines.com. Again, guys, let me reiterate this. This is not a salvation issue. So please don't make it that. And please be a respective, be, be respectful, be mature, and don't begin to listen. We if if people want to accuse, condemn, and throw out these words like heretic and false prophet and deceiving people and leading people to hell. Listen, we ain't going to tolerate that nonsense. You'll be removed from the platform. We don't give a mouthpiece to that stuff. We don't allow discord to be sown because listen, we can disagree on things. I have friends of mine who disagree on the timing of this event but we respect one another we don't call each other names we don't destroy each other on social media platforms and call each other heretics and false prophets that's immaturity Paul said it if you don't you can get mad at me but you can show you in the Bible where Paul addressed the church of Corinth and he says where there is envy strife and discord it shows me that these are mere babes on the milk and they're not ready for the meat because they're arguing over th- everything from baptisms and everything else so stop it stop that nonsense get in the word get in your in the prayer closet get in his presence mature in the Lord get a backbone get some come on Get some fortitude about you and move on. I promise you, two weeks from now or whatever, when we get past this whole series, you're going to enjoy the stuff you're going to enjoy. If you don't like this, check out for a little while and come back. Come on. There's a lot of things that I don't like on television. I just turn the channel. I don't, I don't call up the station and demand they be shut down and removed and fuss and cuss and holler at them. I just go click and turn the channel. Come on, amen? So listen, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for coming on here today. Listen, we're going to take off tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday. We'll be back on Thursday, and we're going to continue this series, and we hope that you'll continue to be blessed and edified by it as we continue. So until then, may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, and may his countenance be upon you. We'll see you on Thursday. God bless. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. 
We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.